It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackham, and it is Tuesday, December 28th. If you are listening to this podcast, either you have made it to your championship round, or I don't know, you're just a sick individual. I'm just kidding. I kid. But why else would you be listening to a waivers podcast this week? Hey, congratulations. Congratulations. You made it. The job is not done yet. And, of course, we're going to unpack the shortest waiver wire rankings of the season. But before I get into that, let me just say this. Play your opponent this week. Not just your roster. Play your opponent. Before you go and set any waiver claims tonight, make sure you take a long look at your opponent's lineup. What do they have? What don't they have is probably more important. Have they been streaming defenses all season? If so, put in for the top defenses. Have they been streaming tight ends do they have a quarterback issue do they have a player who's on covid reserve or six do they have injured players what could they possibly do on waivers tonight and how can you outflank them remember if it's a redraft league true redraft league a lot of the players on your bench who you are not going to start this week don't really have much value now granted it is a weird year where some of those players could end up on the covid list before the week is over knock on wood hopefully that does not happen but it's still wise to play your opponent our goal is to put him in checkmate by the end of the week and win this darn game remember no thursday night football as well so honestly i know there's a tendency among a lot of people to just simply stare at their lineups all week long but we don't really need to make start sit decisions until later in the week right now we need to make waiver decisions. So let's dive into it. I was actually surprised when I went through the available players. And remember, my threshold is 70%. If you are under 70% rostered on either ESPN or Yahoo, I mention you. Why do I use those two sites? Because more people play on those sites than any other site out there. You may not, but I'm using those as the measuring stick. It's not a perfect process, but it works, all right? But I was shocked to see a player who should be widely rostered actually available in 56% of ESPN leagues. Only 30% of Yahoo for that, but still. Rashad Penny, what the heck is happening? Why is he only available or only rostered in 44% of ESPN leagues? I don't get it. If he's somehow out there in your league, and I know you could tweet me like, Jeff, I wish I played in a league like that. Yeah, we've heard that joke before. But the fact of the matter is 56% of leagues out there. So if he's available, I would spend all that I have on him. Being instant RB2 this week, coming off a 100-yard performance. But it's likely he's not there. So there are other running backs we can go after. We can take advantage of injury situations, like, for example, Clyde Edwards-Alaire's injury. Now, it's not as bad as maybe we initially thought, but it doesn't look likely for him to play this week. So I'm going out and getting Daryl Williams. We have seen RB1 potential out of him as the lead back. Now, I'm not going to rank him as an RB1, but could he be a a front-end flex slash back-end RB2 this week? Absolutely. 50 to 100% on him. 50 to 100% on Jordan Howard. Not guaranteed to play dealing with a stinger, but there's a lot of optimism there. And of course... Miles Sanders will not be playing out with a hand injury. 50 to 100% on Rex Burkhead. <laughs> week 17, am I right? Seriously. I I mean, if I went, if we go back in August and I say, yo, yo, I got this for you. We somewhere around week 12, pick up Rex Burkhead and stash him. All right. You'd be like, yeah, you hear what Ratcliffe said? I, I don't know. 
Is he back on sniffing glue? Like, what's happening here? But here we are, and it's Rex Burkhead, and he's coming off a big game. Now, keep in mind, that was against a putrid run defense, Chargers run defense. Better defense, not not a man, it's not like the 49ers are the best run defense in the NFL, but better run defense. Now, the thing though is I do expect a big workload. David Johnson landed on COVID reserves, so he may not play. And if he doesn't, for sure, even if he does, Burkhead figures still see a big workload. I like the way this Texans team is playing. Another thing that if we went back to August and I said, hey, the Texans team, you watch out for them down the stretch. <laughs> yeah, okay, Radcliffe. And they're not that bad. Not that good, but they're not that bad. Justin Jackson, I'm still picking him up if he's out there. I'd be shocked if he was out there, but the numbers tell me otherwise. Austin Eckler's going to be back this week, but Jackson has played really well down the stretch. This is a team with playoff potential. They're technically right now ninth in the playoff picture, but and remember, seven get in, but they have the same record as seven. So they're very much in the hunt, and if they do get in, they're going to need Austin Eckler. So you use Justin Jackson a little bit, keep Eckler fresh. Eckler's going to get his. Don't worry about him. But I think Jackson's enough to be a flex option this week. Isaiah McKenzie, number six on my list, top wide receiver of the week. Another one. Jeff, you're crazy if I would have told you about this way in advance, but this is the beauty of fantasy football. You never know. And last week, an opportunity opened up. We, are, we had Cole Beasley go on COVID reserve earlier in the week. Now, he, in theory, could come off before this week's game. It's a mandatory minimum of 10 days. They have to have two successive negative tests that are uh, at least 24 hours apart and be asymptomatic in order to come back if unvaccinated. So he could, in theory, come back. Same thing with, I believe, Gabriel Davis could test out the day of. Uh, but regardless, there's a good shot we see another game from Isaiah McKenzie where he's in a in a prominent spot and he had a career day and I, I don't I didn't think he looked that bad it wasn't like a fluky game he was actually just good the whole darn game 50 to 100 percent Gerald Everett 50 to 100 percent on a darn tight end but you know what this darn tight end since week 10 has been the number five tight end in all of fantasy football Mark Andrews outscoring him, Travis Kelsey outscoring him, George Kittle outscoring him, and Dalton Schultz outscoring him over that span. Gerald Everett, we liked him to break out this year. Well, he didn't until he did, and now he finally has, and he's been really good in the process. If you've been hurting a tight end, he's still fairly widely available. You could go out and grab him uh, for some relief. All right, let me do this. Let me take a quick break, get the sponsors in here, all that jazz. Then uh, we'll round it out. I still have 12 more players plus defenses for you this week on the final waiver wire of the year. Will DeAndre Swift be back this week? I would venture to say that he won't be. Uh, he did practice last week, but ultimately did not play. I, I don't think he's going to play. I don't think they plan for the rest of the year. They have no reason to. If they were in a playoff hunt of some sort the, and and he was he was far from 100%, they would probably get him out there, but I don't think they have a need to. They got Jamal Williams back 19 touches last week, so I'd go you know, I'd go 25 to 30%, 35% on uh, Jamal Williams. Why? Not up there with the other guys. Well, because he's Jamal Williams, he doesn't have a massive ceiling. But the volume is what I'm going after as a flex option. So I don't hate it. Boston Scott, same range in terms of bidding. 
if Jordan Howard doesn't go, then Boston Scott will end up being a steal at this price. But I do think he ultimately plays. So Scott will be the number two or maybe the one A in that backfield. And um, in that instance, it may be flex worthy, but nothing more than that. Dario Gumbawale, 25%. Why am I not higher on him? Well, it's the Jags, first and foremost. Yes, he was the lead back this past week when James Robinson went out. Robinson will not play this week and will not be back for quite some time, unfortunately. They only have Ryquel Armstead and the newly signed uh, Makai Sargent in the backfield, but it's Daria Gumbawale. He's basically been a passing down back for a good chunk of his career. So I do find it hard to believe that he's going to have another massive workload. I also find it hard to trust a Jags running back with the championship on the line. Derek Gore, 25%. If you know Clyde Edwards Larry, in fact, is out as we expect him to, Gore's going to be using that backfield, might even be able to flex him out. Obviously, Daryl Williams is the preferred option. Both 25% on both uh Byron Pringle and McCole Hardman, his teammates. I expect to see more Tyreek Hill this week than we did last week. He didn't practice at all last week. He came back. They didn't really need him to win that game. So they didn't use him. I think they're going to use him more this week, though. And, and so that puts a damper on Pringle and Hardman. However, of the two, like I do like Pringle a little bit more because of what he showed last week. I just think this is more of a defensive move than an offensive move. I'd say the same thing about Alan Lazard, too, at 25%, whether or not Marquez Valdez Scantling comes back. Remember the old adage of the fantasy football championship round. I would rather have a guy put up points on my bench than in my opponent's starting lineup. So picking these guys up may be a defensive move. If you don't have Gerald Everett at your disposal, Cole Komet would be the tight end who I'd be looking at. At least five targets in each of his last five games. Ranks as fantasy's number 10 tight end over that span, so not terrible. A couple quarterback options to pick up. Trey Lance, Tyler Huntley, Davis Mills. With Lance, he almost certainly is going to start with Jimmy Garoppolo banged up elbow and thumb injuries for Garoppolo. There is upside with Lance especially against Houston, there is volatility with Lance. In a one-quarterback league, I can't trust this dude. In a two-quarterback or super flex league, yes, I do think that he could be startable, and he is an instant pickup there. Huntley, I'm picking him up because if he starts, he will be a borderline top 12 option. I could use him in a one-quarterback league if he starts. Now, that depends on Lamar Jackson. It also depends on him getting off of the COVID list, but I do think he will get off the COVID list based on the timing. Lamar is another issue entirely, so this is uh, maybe a little bit of a preemptive, but at the same time, it may not work out. Davis Mills, I don't love it, but you know he's had five passing scores over the last three games, two in each of his last two. He's not terrible. More of a two-quarterback play, though, I guess. Finally, uh, Kenny Gainwell and Devontae Booker. So Gainwell only has value if Jordan Howard doesn't play, so you're only preemptively picking him up. And then uh, Booker, I don't know, is it just me? Has Booker looked better than Saquon Barkley the last couple weeks? That's a scary thought, but I I don't know. There's not much there. Again, deeper leagues, I'd rather just toss him onto a bench than have him in my opponent's starting lineup for some crazy reason because, I don't know, I faced Braxton Berrios and Rex Burkhead in a league this past week and lost to Braxton Berrios and Rex Burkhead. So, yeah. Anyway. 
Uh, defensively, if you have the Buccaneers, they face the Jets. That's easy. If you have the Saints, they face the Panthers and their how many quarterbacks do they have now? Six, seven, eight. Uh, that's easy. The 49ers against Houston, as good as Davis Mills has played, he still is a rookie, and I'm going to go after him. Buffalo against Atlanta, give me some of that. New England against Jacksonville, give me some of that. Miami rolling. They're facing Tennessee. I don't love the matchup, but Miami is so good on the defensive side of the ball that I'm just going to go after it. And then how about Philly? All that upside against Washington. If you have any of those defenses, you're good. If you don't, you may be searching around. And remember, I say this every darn week. Don't overthink defense. Seriously, all you're trying to do is generate takeaways. That's the number one thing that you want to get done. Look at it week in and week out. The top scoring defenses almost always are the teams with the most takeaways because takeaways can lead to touchdowns. So if I don't have one of those defenses and, you know, say I have, you know, like, hey, uh, Dallas or Arizona, they are facing each other this week. I don't want either of those defenses this week. You kidding me? I want the defenses I just mentioned or... If I don't have any of them, I'll go after the Chicago Bears first and foremost. They are facing the Giants, and the Giants have a complete disaster at quarterback right now, so give me that. I also like the other side of this, though. Chicago has been one of the better matchups, and New York, the defense for the Giants isn't really the issue. They're not great, but they're not a bad defense. Uh, Takeaway potential. And then finally, if I have none of those options, then maybe the Seahawks. I don't love the Seahawks defense, but they're facing Detroit. Jared Goff will be back, and I don't care. Still plenty of giveaways uh, for this offense, even with Goff. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go after him with Seattle. So there you go. If you have Tampa, New Orleans, San Francisco, Buffalo, New England, Miami, Philly, I think you stay put. If you don't and none of those uh, teams are available, then I look at the Bears, and if they're not available, then the Giants, and if they're not available, last-ditch effort, the Seahawks. All right, that wraps it up for today. Tomorrow, I will be back. I will talk about rankings on the show, the final rankings of the year as well, Uh, final redraft rankings at least, uh, weekly redraft rankings, but we're going to dive into some other rankings coming up on the podcast next week. Uh, Remember, I'm not going to do a full week of pods next week, but I will give you at least one, maybe two. We haven't decided yet. We'll have to see. Probably two. Who am I kidding? I'll probably do more than two. But anyway, that's next week, and this week is what we're focused on right now. So I'll be back tomorrow. I will catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.